This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Landon, and this is another in my series of podcasts featuring candidates for the Fishers City Council. Crystal Newman is the incumbent Democrat city councilor for the North Central District, and she's seeking election for the first time in a general election. So, Crystal, welcome. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you. Uh, and uh, Mike Fossil had been joining me in some of the early podcasts. He has family responsibilities, so we'll miss Mike today. But uh, he asks such good questions. I've incorporated uh, some of the questions he has asked other candidates in our our discussion today. So, Crystal, let's start off with you because you were uh, appointed for the remainder. Right. Of Samantha DeLong's term, she had to leave Fishers because her family was was moving out out west. So when she resigned her seat because of that, uh, you put your hand in the ring uh, to to be appointed. There was caucus. Democrats are still getting used to doing caucuses, so you couldn't get a quorum. (laughs) So you were appointed uh, by the county chair. Either way, this is this this is your term to finish up where Sam DeLong had been uh, had been elected to that seat as a Democrat. Right. So I'm going to go back to that time. And you and I talked. You were very kind to me because the day you were appointed, you agreed to do a podcast. It was back uh, back in the pandemic days, so we had to do it on Zoom. Uh, and there were a lot of questions I asked you then, where you said, "Well, give me some time." Well, you've had some time, so we're going to get into yes. some of the. We're going to get into some of those things I asked about, which I understood you might not have been able to get into at that time. So, I guess the first question is going back to that time. Why did you decide to become a candidate uh, uh, once Sam DeLong's uh, seat became available? Well, it's it's quite simple. I just want to be a public servant. I like to serve people. I'm about servant leadership. I just wanted to um, provide a voice for fishers as well as be a good representative. And that's simple as that. It wasn't for Crystal. It wasn't about me. It was just about fishers, a city that I so much love. Yes, and I, you and I were talking before we uh, we started this, and and neither you nor I do what we do. To win awards, right, right, you know, but because uh, being a blogger and a and a podcaster, I I don't expect to get awards. When I do get one, it's quite unexpected. An honor, it's an honor. But you did receive a very important honor recently. Tell me about it. Um, it's the Global Impression Award. I received that just this past Tuesday, and I was incredibly surprised. I was a finalist, and I thought, okay, this is this is great. This is good enough, right? Um, but even to be a finalist was just a huge deal to me. And I, I just do things literally to make a good place or just be a good person and, and make the world a better place than when we left it. And I think that's what a lot of people want to do. And it's something that I try to do on the daily. I, I know I'm not a perfect person, but, you know, we, we all just try. We all try our best. And it all derived from uh, programming through higher education, uh, some things that I've done for Fishers as well, and and all the things that I've done for uh, nonprofits or sitting on uh, different boards. And lo and behold, they called my name, and it was it felt like uh, an Oscar. Where I was just like, "What?" I was in so much shock, and. Uh, it, it still just makes me I, – I know the listeners can't see me, but it just makes me smile ear to ear. No, you are smiling ear to ear. I can uh, testify <laughs> to that. I want to ask you about something I saw on social media. 
because you and your opponent in this election mm-hmm. took a photo together with a sign supporting the HSC school funding referendum. So tell me your side of the story. How did that come about? Yeah, well, John and I are, you know, we're cool with each other. <laughs> we're both good people. And uh, we just love our city and we love our families. And I think that those we have a lot in common, actually. And I and one of those things being the referendum, we both are absolutely voting yes. When I think about the potential for a no, it just hits me in my gut and my chest. And um, I just wanted to show that, you know, people can come together and agree on something and just, you know, show that we can do that and, and lead the way, be a true leader. But the referendum is, to me, it's cre- incredibly important. The kids, oh, they do so many awesome things like the Fishers High School Band going to the Macy's. That is nothing short of amazing uh, robotics We the people cheerleading squad, like so many um, kids come through um, the city council or just like we know about it just by being in the community. And when I think about the possibility of that being taken away, that does not make me feel good. And as an educator, I know that there's a lot of learning inside the classroom and outside the classroom. So for those things, those programs to be taken away, that would not. That would be a serious disservice. Um, kids are not just learning about playing an instrument. They're not just learning how to build a robot together. They're learning communication, collaboration, critical thinking, problem solving, creative thinking. All those good things that are um, great life skills that will then in turn uh, prepare them as adults. And I don't want that to be taken away from the kids or our Fisher's families. And of course, you were there at the meeting. It, it was an unprecedented scene to see the mayor, the entire city council there with the school board. Right. And you had a joint meeting and you uh, had passed a resolution as a city with the backing of the mayor to back the referendum. Right. So it's, it was a totally bipartisan uh, totally. vote on the council and uh, backing the school board's uh, effort to pass this referendum. So. Uh, Yes, yeah, so so you've uh, you've made sure it is a bipartisan yes, yes. Uh, effort. Absolutely. Uh, your job, nor, the way you make a living, I should say, because it's a job to be on the city council too. I don't have to tell you that. Uh, how does your knowledge in that area, the, the working in higher education, mm-hmm. how does that knowledge translate into the work you do on the council? Uh, I, I think it's quite simple. I, as an educator, I work to inform and keep people aware of things. I like to share knowledge. And that's the same thing on Fisher City Council is we're sharing knowledge about what's happening, um, what we're voting on, pros and cons of some of these decisions. Um, and a lot of the things at my college um, that I'm so passionate about, like sustainability, I totally bring that, too, with me uh, to the city council. Oh, yes, and we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But one thing you have been doing, and you showed me you have the, you're on your second pair of shoes now, mm-hmm. campaigning door to door. Uh, we, as we're recording this today, this is pouring down rain, but mm-hmm, uh, it didn't stop right. you from coming here, and I'm sure it wouldn't stop you going door to door if you needed to. So when you talk to people going door to door, what have you learned from those conversations? 
for the most part, folks are happy. Um, but I, I think that as it relates to me specifically, uh, the main issues that come up are the trash issue, <laughs> which I don't think is a surprise. Um, connectivity. So the trails, especially where I live in the North Central District, um, and safety, public safety. You know, uh, we talked uh, when we just had that conversation. What was it? Was it a couple of years, two or three years? Yeah. I'm trying to remember when we had that Zoom conversation right after you were appointed. And I asked you how you would look at economic development projects. And lo and behold, one of the one that impacted your district the most was not even in Fisher's economic development project. It was one in Noblesville, right across mm-hmm. the, the the line there. I used to live in Sedona Woods. Still oh, have, okay. Still have uh, my father-in-law still lives mm-hmm. there. And the 141st Street is the dividing line at yes. that point. It's not a straight line. <laughs> if you look at the map, it's you not have to take a look at it to see if you're in Fishers or Noblesville. But at that particular point, uh, that is the dividing line between Noblesville and Fishers. And Noblesville has, has announced uh, some time ago a very ambitious economic development project right there on the other side of 141st Street. And I know you were hearing from residents, uh, uh, Sedona Woods and others right. in that area about that, had concerns about it. And I saw an interesting uh, exchange on social media where Mayor of Noblesville, Chris Jensen, yes. said, why don't we talk? And the two of you yes, did. Yes, we did. You did talk. Right. So my question to you now is just looking at that situation. Do you think that the residents of Sedona Woods and others in that area where that economic development project is going in, it's a big one, yes. uh, in Noblesville, do you think the Fishers residents are satisfied with the explanations that they've received so far? I think there should be additional explanations. And whenever the questions come up, I still discuss that with them because they're still wondering from time to time, oh, are they still building it? I haven't seen much going on. And it's like, no, it's still coming. (laughs) So um, I think really what it comes down to is communication, keeping that, um, you know, the lines of communication open with Noblesville as well. Um, I spoke at their city council on behalf of the residents to let them know these are the things that we're looking for. We want to be good neighbors to you, and I'm sure you want to be good neighbors to us. So it's building bridges in that sense. And that's how you get things done is by building relationships and making sure that everyone is aware of um, what each other wants and how to come to a point of an agreement. And it should be noted, this is a a large Toyota contractor. And uh, even though there will be some, it will not be traditional manufacturing, the smokestack type, but there will be a lot of activity. There'll be trucks and and people going in and out. And I think that was the biggest concern. And and so we'll, I guess time will tell, but no, it's going to happen. I don't think there's... (laughs) Yes. Yes. So when they ask, it's um, no, it's it's still, it's right there. It's going to be right there. Ask the people in Westfield and they'll tell you because they lost that operation to Noblesville. But uh, that's an entirely different story. So let me, while I have a chance to to get to that whole area of economic development, I asked you early on how you would look at economic development projects. They have Most of them have to be approved by the council. They come to you for a vote. Uh, you had told me you were going to kind of work out how you evaluate those projects. You've had several you've uh, uh, had to vote on in, in the, your time on the council. How do you go about evaluating these projects when they come before you because you have to vote yes or no on them? 
Right. I, I look at things through a couple different lenses. So with my business background, that's what I have my doctorate in is business administration. So I, I look at job growth, um, HR, how, like what kind of talent we're going to bring to Fishers. And uh, I look at things from that perspective. So, but in addition, uh, the diff- I ask some different questions than the other counselors. And I'll ask things like, um, from the environmental perspective, like what about green space? What about tree con, uh, con- <laughs> conservation? Conservation, very yes, good. I, I almost said conversation several times, but yes. The you trees could have and, a conversation <laughs> about conservation. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so um, how are we, um, are, are we going to replace any trees? Um, things like LED lights, uh, what about solar panels? Are we going to have EV charging stations in the parking lots, especially for those who would like those as options for their modes of transportation? So those are important questions to me. Um, and that's how I evaluate kind of the economic development for it. And this goes back to something you said when we talked uh, earlier uh, in that uh, Zoom podcast a while back. I asked you, you know, what's, what's your major goal in, on the city council and you had two words going green yes you, going green and i will say that uh, you have uh, put your two cents worth in and uh, i have seen uh, some of these projects have provisions that might not have been there had you not been on the council because you were i mean i think what you're trying to do at least from my point of view and i want to get your view on this is that you don't you haven't gone for radical changes, but you've gone for changes you think are very important in these projects that are doable and, and the contractor, actually the contractors, but the uh, uh, but the people who are behind these projects, uh, they seem to have been amenable to that. Oh yeah, they. It's it's so to me, it's really about one change at a time, one step at a time. Like as you mentioned, doing things drastically. I think that's just. Uh, that's <laughs> going to upset a lot of people. But if we do things a little uh, on a gradual basis, I think that's super helpful. Um, but it also, with the types of questions that I ask uh, the developers or those who are working on these projects, it gets them thinking in that way. And I think I've developed that reputation through some developers because they come with those answers ready for me, Ooh, okay. so, which is really nice. And that makes me incredibly happy. They know, um, they know about you before they, they get there. Yes, yeah. they, they, and I, I'm, they, it's about to come out of my mouth. And they're like, okay, we are going to put this many EV charging stations here. And I'm like, great! I didn't have to have the, have the question the question out of my mouth. You took it, but um, but I think it's great because it's not just about being um, environmental and saving the planet. Of course, yes, it is. I would love to save the planet, but it's also about Fishers as a city being a pioneer and leading the way and showing other cities that it can be done. We need to do our part and. We can we can show them we we can do it. You mentioned your award earlier, and uh, you're very proud of your Hispanic heritage. But uh, talk about bipartisanship. You have a, a fellow counselor, yeah. Cecilia Coble, a Republican, and uh, you have the common heritage, and you've worked together on several projects related to that. Talk about. Uh, your relationship with Cecilia, because I asked her about that uh, when I talked to her earlier. Yeah, she's great. So, oh, she she it gives me goosebumps to think about the when uh, 
it was at the Indiana Latino Institute um, in the leadership circle when uh, we, we go over various things, and that that day was about governments. And she was one of the speakers, and it just made me think, oh, maybe there's room for one more. <laughs> and that's how it started. But, uh, yeah, I think it's really about um, making note of our culture and uh, moving Hispanic Heritage Month forward. So we're working together um, actually here at the library uh, on uh, reading stories to the kids, and I'm bringing pan dulces, which are like sweetbreads and stuff like that. So, um, And I would love to replicate that for other cultures because I, I feel like as we create awareness, we create better understanding, and we build community that way. And I, I like that idea. As you mentioned, we are recording this at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers. Uh, the library has been in the news. And related to that, uh, I would ask you this. Do you, af- do you favor a change in state law that would require that, allowing Fishers, the city of Fishers, one or two appointments on the Hamilton East Library Board? I think that would be a good idea. I don't think it's a bad idea to have additional voices and have additional representation. Um, and so as, as I'm walking uh, and canvassing, knocking door to door, other than the things that impact me directly, there are things that I can make an impact on, like the, the trash and the trails. I am getting a lot of questions about the library board. So clearly our Fisher citizens are very... Um, cognizant and aware of what's happening. So if they're concerned, I think I think Fishers should have um, a voice in it. What sort of comments are you receiving on the library situation? Well, <laughs> well I'll leave it up to yeah. you. To, uh, what, if, what you're saying it's not a positive. Yeah, it's not a positive thing. Um, you know, a counselor, and you've seen this now, you've been on the council long enough to know that. I'm sure your inbox is filled every day. Phone messages, phone direct phone calls, uh, people see you, they talk, and door-to-door you hear this. When you hear all the feedback you get, not only from citizens but from other stakeholders, people who have some stake in in business with the city, when you receive all of this, that's a huge amount of information to take in. And this is a Mike Fossil question I'm incorporating Mm -hmm. into this. Uh, How do you filter that? You have to have some filtering mechanism because you can't take it all in at one time. I think one council member once told me that I may get a hundred messages about this and one on the other, but the one on the other may have more validity than the hundred I got on something else. So how do you filter out the various messages you get, feedback you get, comments you receive? Well, that's a really good question. So I, I think it really comes down to the first thing I do is I take myself out of the equation. Again, Take my opinion out. Don't. It's not what Crystal wants because I work for the city. I work for you. It's about representing you. And I try – I think at the end of the day, the question I ask is what is going to benefit the city the most? What is going to benefit everyone for the greater good? So it's kind of like a utilitarian approach essentially. Okay, so I guess that I, I'm trying to – I mean, I get comments on my blog and my podcasts, nothing like what you receive. 
And I have to sort of filter it through. So what you're saying is uh, you're looking at it as this is the people's seat and you've got to take into consideration what they say. Absolutely. It's some, there are probably some issues where you do have to put your own you know, opinions in there. It would be a case-by-case thing mm-hmm. I would expect. Well, you've already talked about trash. Let's get into trash. <laughs> uh, David Giffel, one of your fellow counselor, uh, brought this up. It was interesting because at the end of a meeting, uh, John Weingart, president of the council, will say, is there any new business? And normally there's not. David Giffel raised his hand and talked about how his uh, trash bill had gone up 40%. Mm-hmm. And can we do something as a city? It's funny because Pete Peterson was on the town council and Scott Fadness was the town manager the last time Fishers looked at that. We were a town. Right. And I had a front row seat to that covering that. And and it didn't happen for pushback reasons. You know, people seem more concerned about uh, less concerned about what they were paying and more concerned about I want to trash picked up by the company I choose the way I choose, which is sort of why it came down and that's why this, the town at the time did not uh, do that. Things have changed. We're down to like two companies that are servicing fishers at this time. So with all that in mind, from I know the mayor has promised he's going to do a work session with the right. process, just the, which is no small process. You have to go through several steps if you want to do this. So with everything you've heard, the feedback you've received door to door and otherwise, uh, what's your view on this idea of having the city contract with the company to have one company uh, service people in Fishers for trash collection. I think it's a good idea to bring the conversation back. People want that conversation to happen. At least, you know, I'm, I'm going door to door. That's what I'm hearing from every single person. They're, they're upset. They want an alternative solution. They want us to come up with one. So let's do that. Let's see what RFPs um, can come through. Um, and if that's something that people do want. Um, I know that uh, they mentioned that this was something that happened in the past, but, you know, Fishers has changed. Um, new people have moved in. Uh, there's new ideas, new voices. Let's let's give it a go and see. And, you know, at worst case scenario, um, we tried our best, and at least maybe we can get the costs down still through. Uh, you know, I think it, it, just does, it just does not hurt to try. And, and have that conversation. And there are complexities. HOAs Absolutely. have contracts. And how would you deal with that? Which was part of the conversation, you know, 10 years ago. Right. But you're right. We are a much bigger place. Right. And a lot more. And people have moved in and out a lot since that time. So with the growth in population we just I just mentioned, Fishers has uh, experienced a great deal of diversity over the years. I moved to 1991. It was not a very diverse place at that time. But I remember when my kids went to school, they went to HSC schools, K-12, through they're college grads, and now they're almost 30 years old. How about that? Having a 30-year-old <laughs> child coming up. But uh, I want to ask you this question as someone who lived here for a while before going on the city council. How do you feel the city has handled this, the diversity that we are seeing in the city? Well, I always believe we can do a better job than what we're doing. That's with everything. Uh, with this in particular, that's why I'm working with Cecilia Coble on um, Hispanic Heritage Month because we need to have more of this. We need to show uh, people that we appreciate and celebrate our differences and literally break bread and eat bread over it and mm-hmm. <laughs> just tell stories. It's it's just there's so many rich cultures that even I'm not even aware about. And um, and, and knocking on someone's door, I uh, was invited in 
like to eat Syrian food. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to come back and have some more. And I think if we just continue to do that, I think it also helps with the mental health crisis and bringing community back and being neighbors again. Um, so awareness is, is essential. Yeah, I, I just uh, – I've always seen food as a uniter, oh, yes. you know. <laughs> I, I When it comes to heritage, you know, I look at my four grandparents, and they all had different ethnicities, all four of them. So I am the typical American hybrid. But, mm-hmm. you know, you uh, other people have – can you know, go back and take a look at their heritage and and see something quite uh, quite you know just a straight line as you have with your Hispanic heritage and, and related to that, I want you to talk about something that you and I talked about the first time we had a podcast, and that is where you come from because you told the story of growing up in one of the toughest Hispanic neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. I believe you told me most of the people in your neighborhood either died or ended up in prison. I think that was what you were telling me. But you had a good set of parents that pushed you to exceed academically and stay out of all that. Yes. Um, Talk about how that background, just having experienced that, seeing that happen in your neighborhood, how that has impacted how you go about doing your work and how about how you go about uh, going, doing your job as a city councilor. Well, I think it's twofold. So I think that that really impacts me wanting to make the world a better place. I know that sounds so grandiose and stuff, but really, that's what I want for my kids. When I wake up in the morning, I just want them to feel safe, feel loved, feel special. Um, So, yeah, whatever I can do to make this city, this great city better, I'm all in. And I also think about the referendum and... Oh, Larry, you're asking such a uh, really hitting me in the heart kind of question. When um, when I think about those programs that these kids are in, those aren't things that I had growing up. So like, um, oh, my God, I'm getting uh, emotional. When I moved to Fishers and I, I saw my son on uh, orchestra, I was like, that was something that was never in the cards for me. So um, I think that's another reason why the referendum is so important because I don't want these kids to um, miss out on such amazing programs because um, my kids were super – or my, my, my dad, especially, my parents were super strict. Um, they kept me off the streets. And if you've got nothing to do, what else are you going to do? You're going to go make trouble. And that's what he would always tell me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I, I hold really close to my heart. I look back, you know, when I went to high school in the late 1960s, showing my age here, but uh, if, I, if there had not been a speech team mm-hmm. uh, at my high school that I could – and I participated in it two years, junior and senior year, which sort of paved the way for me to get in the radio broadcasting business. Had that not been there, I don't think exactly. I would have been able to, to break into the business the way I did. So I, I, I think uh, – and I look at my daughters and what they had available to them, and it, uh, it it was much different, and it's in a good way. Right. Well, we're about out of time, uh, Crystal, so here's uh, my final question to all the candidates. You have one or two minutes. Why should voters in the North Central District vote for Crystal Newman in the upcoming election? Well, I think you should vote for me because I am your public servant. I'm someone who is committed to listening um, I care. I genuinely care about 
all of our community. And I am someone who will be a voice for you. And just I just want to represent you. That is the shortest answer anyone's ever given me to that question, just so you know. And I think it's, if I could just add one more question, since uh, you, you were very brief in that, and I think that's a good thing that you were. Uh, what has surprised you the most? I mean, I know you wanted to be on the council and would not have uh, put your hat in the ring to do that. Now that you've been on the council for some time, biggest surprises you have found now, now that you're sitting in that chair? Biggest surprise? Um, just how much um, we, we do want a, a really good community. That's, that's all anyone really wants. Um, we all care about mental health. Um, so yeah, that's another reason, I guess, as I've expanded of like, yeah, vote for me because I care about mental health as well. And, uh, and when I say that I care, I really, really do. Cause I think about how teenagers today, um, they're experiencing the same amount of anxiety as those in the 1950s who were institutionalized and that's not good. Um, so we need to make sure that we have resources to, um, make sure that we're all okay. And I think the other thing that surprises me um, coming from Chicago is how well the police officers and firefighters get along. <laughs> now, that's interesting. That is not the case. I wouldn't say they totally get along here, but, but they do yeah, it better here they, than other places. They do a great job, and I love that. So, And then speaking of public safety, I will just quickly say this, that um, we are one of the safest cities um and we have been recognized for that, but um, that doesn't mean that we have to stick with the status quo. As I'm knocking on doors, public safety is a question just because there are some things that have happened a little close to home. And then that incident that took place on 116th, we, we ought to be the, safe. The, the fatal shooting. Yes, yes. absolutely. So yes. people do ask about that. So And that was, a, you know, that was a domestic dispute. And police will tell you those are some yeah. of the most dangerous ones, which is absolutely a very, very sad situation. Well, you listen, you've heard Crystal Newman. She's a Democrat. She's the incumbent city councilor from the North Central District. And uh, she, her name will be on the ballot when you cast your vote in the municipal election. So, Crystal Newman, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me.